Good morning. It is nice to look out in the audience and see many smiling faces, and, and, and why not? We are gathered in the presence of our Lord on this, the first day of the week, and we are privileged to be able to do so. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to our guests who have come our way. We appreciate you very much. We encourage you to come back as you have opportunity. This church seeks to serve God as we have been instructed to do so in the New Testament. We seek to do nothing more and nothing less than what we find in the New Testament. So this morning you see that we have sung songs of praise to our God. We have offered prayers to Him. We have gathered around the table to partake of the Lord's Supper. And we have given of our means and all these things we find in the pages of the New Testament as what we should do as the church comes together on the first day of the week. So should you happen to come back next week, we will sing songs of praise to our God. We will offer prayers to our God. We will take of the Lord's Supper, and we will lay by in store as we have prospered on the first day of the week, as we do each and every first day of the week. So thank you all very much for being here. And one last thing that we do is you're stuck listening to me for a little while. And let me tell you this, that it is my job as the preacher here and as an evangelist, as a teacher, is to present to you the Word of God. I seek to not put myself in the place of the Word of God. I encourage you to open your Bibles and follow along with us and make sure that what I'm telling you is from the Word of God. And you will be uh, a treasure to me if you point out where I fail in that and let me know that I have strayed from the Word of God. And I will take that very seriously and correct the mistake that I might have made. But that is my duty and it is my ambition, is to present to you uh, lessons from the Word of God. We read there this morning from Philippians. Brad always gives me a hard time because he always says, why do I read it? You're just going to go back and read it again anyway. Well, I do that to set the tone and to help us to, to realize that there's method to my madness, I guess you might say. But there in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. I love the way the Apostle Paul puts that, as is your participation in the gospel. You know, sometimes we think that it's my job to spread the gospel, and it is. But it's also our job. It's also our job to tell those in our circle about the gospel, about the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I appreciate the Paul and him saying it that way, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, is that we indeed have a gospel meeting coming up in a couple of weeks, where we're going to meet on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and hear lessons from God's Word. And that's one of the ways in which we participate in the gospel. And so this morning I want to talk about uh, and give you some, uh, some insight and some hopefully some, um, some practical applications on how we might be preparing ourselves for the upcoming gospel meeting. For those who are visiting and may not have uh, heard of such, it is, like I said, a series of meetings. We have a guest preacher coming in. In this case, it is uh, Brother Bob Dickey from Jacksonville is coming down our way and going to spend a few days with us and present lessons from God's Word. And the members here are very grateful that they don't have to listen to me for all those 
days in a row. So they'll be glad to hear another brother uh, preach from God's word. But I want to speak this morning about preparing ourselves for this upcoming meeting. And as with most, as with all endeavors that we seek to do, when it comes to serving God, we need to start with prayer. We need to make sure that whatever it is that we do, that we're prayerful about it, that we seek God's guidance, and that we seek uh, His will in what we do. Um, let's first think about this, that we need to pray for the speaker. We need to pray for Brother Dickey, that he has a safe travels down here, that he has safety while he is here, and that he is well taken care of while he is here. And those things we need to do because, indeed, he is bringing the word of God. In Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 14, Paul says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things. You see that? That's what our brother is going to be bringing us. He's going to be bringing us the good news of good things. So we ought to be praying for him in that, in that regard. To make sure that indeed he is going to be doing that and to give him safe passage and, and to take care of him while he is here. I've never seen Brother Dickey's feet. But the message here is, is to understand that he is going to be bringing us good news of good things. And, and Paul says, it reminds us that, that, that those who do that uh, have a special purpose and have a special mission in bringing us the word of, the God, uh, word of God. So let's make sure that we begin by praying for Brother Dickey. We need to pray for those in attendance. We need to make sure that we are indeed uh, praying for one another so that we might encourage one another. You know, the gospel meeting um, is, serves many purposes. The main two purposes it serves is to encourage the brethren. And so we need to make sure that we encourage one another, that we're praying for one another, that that time spent together, this concentrated time spent together will be encouraging and beneficial and help us grow in our faith. So let's be praying for one another. And then we need to be praying for those who we invite to come. And then we all have our circle of, of friends and family and neighbors and all those people that are in, in our circle. I would encourage you to invite them to come and to listen and to hear the word of God. And in so doing, you need to be prayerful about it. Praying that the one that you might invite, the one that you've been waiting for an opportunity uh, to come and hear, to, to have a, a good opportunity to come um, hear the word of God and, and see what the Lord's church participates in. This is a good opportunity to do that. So be prayerful about it. Make sure that you are praying for those. And we need to be praying for the success of our meeting. Go to <laughs> Colossians chapter 1. We need to make sure that, that we are praying that this will be successful in, in all that we've talked about here, in encouraging us, one another, in um, the things that we are participating in, um, in uh, the people that we invite. Let's make sure that we are, are praying for them and praying for the success, the overall success of the meeting. 
In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, beginning, it says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his, uh, of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of the steadfastness of patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Isn't that beautiful, the sentiment that's expressed there? Paul says, we have not, we have not stopped praying for you, that you may engage in this, that, that you may grow in your good works and that your knowledge and your wisdom into God's word. And this series of, of lessons will help in that. It will help us to grow and to make sure that we are indeed furthering our faith, deepening our faith. So we need to be prayerful about that. Let's pray for the success of the meeting. We also need to make just some general preparations, the proper preparations. We need to make sure that we are, are making. And the first of that is there's some things administrative. I call these other things custodial as well. You know, we have meeting coming up. We need to make sure the building is, is these flowers are beautiful. We, we, we've taken care of that. You know, we need to make sure that everything is, is in proper order, not that we give any um, special meaning to this building. This building is not the church. The people who are inside this building are the church. But it doesn't take away from the fact that we need to make sure that the things that God has blessed us with, this comfortable room in which we can sit, that we are good stewards of that and that we take care of it. And the members over the generations that have been here have done an excellent job in doing that, making sure we have a, a good and comfortable place that we might come together and not have to worry about things of the outside world. It's cool in the, in the summertime and it's warm in the wintertime. That's January. Um, so we have that, and we should be thankful for that. And let's take good care of that. All the things that we need to do. Um, we've got flyers now. Take those. Give them to people. Put them up in your, um, if you live in an apartment complex or a condo, put them up there. Let, invite people. Take care of those administrative things that need to be taken care of. Let's make sure that we're getting all those details done that need to be done. We need to make sure that we're practicing the proper hospitality. As is, was mentioned in our um, announcements, you know, Brother, B Brother Dickey and his wife are going to be here. Let's make sure that we're taking good care of them. Be turning over to 2 Kings chapter 4. We need to make sure that, that we are indeed taking care of the one that's going to be bringing us the word of God. Having him and his wife into our homes and, or taking them out for a meal, whatever that might be. And that extends also into... Uh, others, other guests that might be here, our friends and family that we might invite. Let's make sure we're practicing the proper hospitality towards them as well. In 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, we have the account here of, in my Bible, it says the Shunammite woman. And this is uh, Elisha. Um, and we have an interesting little uh, passage here about Elisha and this interaction with this woman. Beginning 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Now there came a day when Elisha passed over to Shunem, where there was a prominent woman, and she persuaded him to eat food. And so it was, as often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat food. 
And she said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God passing by us continually. Please let us make a little walled upper chamber and let us set a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And it shall be whenever he comes to us that he can turn in there. Isn't that a wonderful example of how we might treat someone who is a messenger of God? Please don't understand, or please understand. I don't believe that we have uh, inspired prophets as we did in the day of Elisha. But we do have men who are dedicated to teaching and preaching the word of God. Ministers, those who are sent to do this. And so let's practice the right hospitality. I don't expect us to wall off a, a, another room in our house, but certainly we can have one into our home, and if they need a place to stay, we ought to be willing to, to give them that. So practicing hospitality is important, not just to Brother Dickey, but the others who might be coming as well. We need to make sure that this meeting is priority in our own lives. We need to make sure that we have our schedule cleared so that we can be here. We've been announcing this meeting for at least a month. I hope that every one of us has put it on their calendar so that we can be here every night, so that we can show the support of Brother Dickey, that we can show the support of people in this community that we might be bringing in as guests. We need to make sure that it's a priority in our own lives. Go with me to Acts chapter 20. Here we have another example of what we're talking about here, about priority, about what it means to be um, active and in the service of God and making that priority number one in our own lives. Here in Acts chapter 20, this is um, wrapping up Paul's third missionary journey. In chapter 20 and verse 16, it says, For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus in order that he might not have to spend time in Asia for he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Paul had been on his third missionary journey. He's making his way back. And Luke tells us here that he was in a hurry to try to get back to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. But back up a little bit and go to verse 7 of chapter 20. It says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to depart the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. You see, we go back a little bit further and we find out that Paul Harry has come to Troas. Um, and he has stayed there seven days. And he stayed there long enough so he can be with the brethren on the first day of the week. So that he might have an opportunity to speak to them. And it says there, he prolonged his message until midnight, verse 8. And there was a man, um, there were many lamps in the upper room. And they were gathered together, and there was a certain young man named Eutychus sitting on the window sill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down the third floor and was picked up dead. Now remember, Paul is trying to get to Jerusalem at a certain time, yet he's in Troas and has stayed there for seven days so that he might meet with the brethren and present to them God's word. And it's not just that he spoke till midnight and poor Eutychus fell out of the window. But look what it says, verse 10. But Paul went down and fell upon him and embracing him, he said, Do not be troubled for this, for the life is in him. And when he had gone back up, he broken the bread and eaten and talked to them a long while until daybreak. And then he departed. So here's a man who is hustling 
traveling, trying to get back to Jerusalem, yet he is here and he has spoken with them all night long. And then he departed. We see in Paul a man who has his priorities right, right? His priority is the word of God and the spread of the gospel. And so we see this instance here that demonstrates that to us, that he was willing to wait, he was willing to stay up all night and to share with them the word of God. Let's make sure we have that same kind of priority in our own schedules. Lastly, let's talk about having the proper attitude in all of this. And this goes right along with what we just said here. We need to have the attitude that we're going to attend. We need to have the attitude that we're going to be here. We have set aside this time. We have brought Brother Dickey in. We have set aside time and resources. So we need to be here. We need to be here so that we can participate in this. In Romans chapter 10, we just read there a few minutes ago about um, the gospel and how um, the beautiful feet that bring the good tidings of, of good news. Down in verse 17, it says, So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So all of this that Paul is talking about here, how can they believe that they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? If we're not here to hear, if we're not here to listen, we're not going to grow in our faith. It's going to be happening here, and if we're not here to, to listen to it, our faith's not going to grow with the efforts that we're putting into this. So the proper attitude starts with showing up, with being here. Make sure that we can participate in this. And not just sit here to, to fill the pew, but we need to be engaged. We need to make sure that we are engaged in what we're doing. Look over in Nehemiah chapter 8. I love the passage here. If you remember in Nehemiah what's going on here, uh, the captives are returning uh, after the captivity, and they're coming back into Jerusalem. They're rebuilding the temple, and Nehemiah is going to oversee the rebuilding of the walls around Jerusalem. In Nehemiah chapter 8, uh, as they uh, have finished the wall and they are uh, setting about to restoring the keeping of the law, we get the accounts here in chapter 8 of Nehemiah, verse 1, beginning, And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which is in front of the water gate. What does that tell us? They gathered together as one man. It means they were unified. It means they had come together of a, of a unified mind, coming together as one. And they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law, which Moses the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women, those who could understand. And all the people were attentive to the book of the law. We complain about a 30-minute lesson, right, or an hour-long worship. And he says here that, what, early morning until midday. You see, they were engaged in what they were doing. Come down to verse 5. It says, And Ezra opened the book, in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it up, all the people stood up. That's a sign of reverence. That's a sign of the fact that they were engaged in what they were doing. They weren't simply there just filling the pews. 
they were engaged in what they were doing. They gave reverence to the Word of God. They were, they were unified in wanting to bring about the, the worship to God the way it used to be and restoring that worship. They were engaged. Along with that, along with being engaged, we need to be enthusiastic. We need to make sure that when the song leader is singing, that we're singing along with him. We're singing one to another. That's what scripture tells us to do. We need to be doing that enthusiastically. When we're uh, listening to a man lead a prayer from here, we need to be ready to give that hearty amen. Ready to uh, make sure that we are listening and, and focused on what the lesson is going to be that night or that day. Make sure we're enthusiastic about what's going on. Look over back to Acts now chapter 10. I use this uh, illustration a lot, but it is so telling of, of, of a good attitude, of how we ought to receive those who are bringing us the word of God. Here in Acts chapter 10, of course, we have the accounting of Cornelius, this good man, this centurion, who was a devout man and was recognized as such by God. And Peter was sent to him to bring him the gospel, to tell him about Jesus Christ. And Peter had a vision, and, and, and he realized that he needed to go to this man, or the Holy Spirit led him to this man named Cornelius. And so Cornelius, if we see there in um, verse 27, and he talked to him and entered and found many people assembled. So as Peter enters the house of Cornelius, there's a lot of people there. Verse 28, and he said to them, You yourselves know how it is unlawful for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. You see, Peter had a problem here. He was Jewish and he was going into the house of a Gentile. And he's telling them that this, this ought to be a problem. But through all of this, the events that transpire here, Peter's going to realize that the gospel is for all men. To the Jew first, but also to the Greek, also to the Gentile. And so that's why this chapter is so important in helping us to understand that. Verse 29, that is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for. And so may I ask for what reason you have sent for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is staying in the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. Here's the events that have taken place. Cornelius had a vision. Peter had a vision. They were to come together. Peter was to come there, and he's going to tell him the gospel. So Peter arrives, and there's Cornelius' household, and there's all these people that are there. Look what he says in verse 33. And so I sent to you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here, present before God, to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Brethren, that ought to be our attitude. We are here. We have come to listen to what you have to say about the word of God. That ought to be our attitude. In this gospel meeting and every time we come together, as the church on first day of the week, Wednesday midweek, as we come together to study from the Bible, to study God's word, we ought to be enthusiastic about what it is that we are doing leave you with this 
one last thought. And that is about putting our hands to the good work. You know, Paul talks about the participation in the gospel. So we read there from Philippians. We're participating in this. We're putting our hands to it. We're putting our hands to the work. And it's a good work. We're helping to spread the gospel in this community. We're doing our part to make sure that the, the, the borders of God's kingdom are ever expanding. Again in Nehemiah, this time in chapter 2, um, as Nehemiah is setting about to get ready to build the wall, he goes to Jerusalem and he, and he um, surveys what's going to be needed to do this work. And he says there, beginning of verse 17, Then I said to them, You see the bad situation we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates are burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we may no longer be a reproach. I told them how the hand of God had been favorable to me and also about the king's word which he had spoken to me. Then they said, Let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. You see, they were invested in and what it is they were about to set out doing. And the events here that led Nehemiah, we see God's hand in that as well. The things that had to happen for Nehemiah to be able to come there and to participate in this. And he says this favorable with the Lord. This, I have the Lord's blessing in what it is that we're doing. So he tells the people, and the people, they put their hands to the good work. Verse 19, this is particular to their circumstances, but let's read it and understand but when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard it, they mocked us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? See, those were the inhabitants there at the time, and they weren't happy that the Jews were coming back and restoring the city of Jerusalem. And We know how they go about trying to dissuade them and try to sabotage their work. Nehemiah says, I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven will give us success. Therefore, he and his servants will arise and build, but you have no portion, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Now, those, are, like I said, are, are specific to what's being done there. But doesn't the attitude trans, transcend that? Let's put our hands to the good work. And guess what? If we do, if we do the things properly and in order, and be are prayerful about it and make sure that we have God's guidance through his word, the God of heaven will give us success. We will have a successful gospel meeting because God will be praised. I hope that this has been encouraging to you. I know that's been very specific into what this church is participating in a couple of weeks, but I hope that the applications come through as well. We need to be committed to serving God in whatever it is that we do. Specifically, we have a gospel meeting coming up in a couple of weeks. But that shouldn't take away from the zeal that we should show every day. To show that we are indeed trying to live a life pleasing to God. Let our light so shine before men. Bring glory to God. All those things will help us to see how we ought to serve God in our walk as a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I would encourage you to study, to learn more about it, to go there, Romans 10, and, and, and realize what Paul is saying there about hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of Christ. How important God's word is into you becoming a child of God. Hearing it and believing it and realizing that you might have to make a change in your life. And I will tell you, you will have to make a change in your life because you've got to stop serving the world. You've got to start serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Upon that repentance and upon recognizing that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God, confessing that before men, you're a candidate for baptism. That means that you have have recognized that without the saving waters of baptism that you're lost in this world. You come up out of those waters a new creature to walk in newness of life, burying that old man of sin, washing away those sins, coming up out of the waters a new creature. And then our responsibility as a child of God is to continue in the faith, continue strengthening our faith each and every day to make sure that we are indeed a citizen of the kingdom and serving God as he would have us to. If as a child of God you need the prayers of this congregation, I would encourage you to make things right with him and to ask for the prayers. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.